0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bot Talk. In today's episode, we have Kurti back on the show. If you guys haven't watched Kurti's first episode on the Bot Talk, I highly recommend you go ahead and watch that because this episode is going to act as a continuation from that previous episode. So if you want to go ahead and learn about its origin, how he got into the scene, how Peachy came to be, then I highly recommend going down below in the description and checking out that episode and then going ahead and checking out this episode. But I wanted to begin this episode with the overall scene of just speaking about how peachy himself and everything's grown since the last time we spoke which is over a year ago now so the first question i have for kurt is what has been your focus since the last time we spoke whether it's personal life peachy related just overall
1: yeah i've been extremely busy over the uh, last year or so since i relocated in november to a small town in the midlands and then more recently i ended up buying my first home with my girlfriend in september so i've been a bit more focused on getting the house ready and well, obviously a um innovate a new idea for PG and keeping us ahead of the competition. Um I think the latest thing we've released for PG was the mobile application uh, revamp. Um which has seen a lot of success on both Supreme and the um browser module which supports IDAS and easy supply. Yeah, definitely.
0: One of the things I did want to get into is that obviously you've gone ahead and bought a house, which to anyone, regardless if you're in this scene or outside of this scene, buying a house, your first ever house, is a very big thing, and that is definitely one topic I do want to jump into. So at the moment, your main source of income, I'm presuming, is PC. Like, that's your main focus. That's essentially your job. Very similar to what a lot of uh, people do in this community because these companies make a lot of money. They make a ton of money, and it's more beneficial to run these companies instead of having a job in most cases so when it comes to obviously handling pt but also handling your personal life along time off and also making these big moves in your personal life how have you balanced that all whilst also keeping pt at the top
1: um i've just tried to um keep some free time like at the end of every day it's like an hour or two before bed just to like relax with my girlfriend and my dog just off to work and 12 hours a day can just get draining as you can imagine so I think it's just essential just to take breaks and don't just sit at your desk 24-7 it's just it's not going to benefit anyone
0: yeah definitely I mean when it comes to this entire scene like me personally I do a few roles in different types of groups like I work with Peachy I work with Cop Supply I run the Bot Talk I do a bunch of stuff I'm a student as well so I don't spend as much time as you do at your desk but it does get draining and I feel like the I'm main thing sure. is like, we're not even moving about. Like, if you had, like... If you worked at a store, for example, and you're stuck in show...
1: You're on your feet, yeah. You're doing something, yeah. You're socialising. Yeah. And then, when you're doing this, you literally start, I presume, most people are sat in a box room, just, you know, zoned out. And it's, it's just not great for anyone's, like, health and general. Never mind. Just the whole work for works all.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as technology has advanced and as times have gone on... Like, back in the day, like, maybe, like, 10 years ago when I was a kid, the main... Uh, point that parents used to make to their kids is that don't spend time on you looking at a screen because it's bad. Yeah sunrise. I
1: would say like back when I, bear in mind I'm 25 so I'm quite a lot older than most people in this community but um, when I was growing up it was, I was never really on my PC or you know I was always out and about playing football or climbing trees and that kind of shit and that didn't really change until when I was about 14, 15 when I got into video games like properly. so and then even then that was only like for three or four years before I was in my late teens and I was doing the same thing, going out drinking and whatnot as everyone else does. So I think it's quite a weird like contrast in how people like us have grown up who are like a bit older compared to those who have grown up like in the last what fifteen years. Yeah, I mean
0: like when I was a kid, I'm seventeen, so I feel like me personally, I was right at the edge of that transition between technology always being in your face and being outside. So when I was a kid like my mom would give me an hour on the PlayStation. And said, "Yo, you have to go outside. Just do something." So obviously, yeah. like climbing trees, riding bikes, you know, breaking breaking into places that you're not meant to be. Like yeah, all that huge type of stuff, stuff man. Exactly. Like and then kids these days, like my brother, he's two, and like he already knows how to operate an
1: iPhone. It yeah, just blows like my he, mind. He won't have that fun of one day going out at like 8 a.m. in the morning with all his friends on their bikes and just riding 15 miles. Yeah. Nowhere, you know, it's just part of growing up that they're all gonna miss out on,
0: yeah. Like, there's, there were times when I was a kid where we literally just jump on our scooters and bikes, go flying in one direction, and like four hours later to be like, Where are we? Like, we yeah, know exactly.
1: Idea where we are. And that was part of like just being a kid. And nowadays, all they do is play video games or you know, sit on watch Netflix and shit. And I just think it's really weird, like, <laughs> I don't understand it, man.
0: Yeah, I mean. I understand like, that te- technology has to advance in a certain way, but like, like personally, I didn't have internet in my house till I was 14. Like when I was 14, that's when we got my first ever internet provider, and that's when I first got access to the internet. Like my exactly, brother. Yeah, yeah, like my brother's had internet since day one. Like as soon as he's been able to interact with the TV and stuff, like he's always had access
1: to it. So yeah, I don't and, know. And kids nowadays pick up really fast, like all that kind of stuff. Like it's it's crazy, man. Like you see like, actual children like four or five year old hands an iPads and iPhones like it's nothing
0: <laughs> yeah it's crazy I feel like obviously it's the way it's designed and stuff like the way society is built now it's all built around technology technology Up is like too, yeah. yeah and obviously it has its benefits and its drawbacks which is what we were talking about obviously on our health, but I feel like we're gonna see a lot if, obviously you do it in moderation so with your job you need to be in your computer a lot of the time yeah and I think it comes down to a trade-off so you're saying okay I'm trading off a bit of. I, I, I don't know if it's mental health or like health for your well, eyes.
1: Probably both, isn't it? Because you've got to be yeah. sat down all the time. You're going to be damaging your back, your legs, your, your eyesight, obviously, your mental health. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things like that add up, you know? Definitely. I
0: mean, like, uh, at nine to five, you clock in at nine, you have your coffee, you sit down on the computer, you do it, you clock out, and it's fine. But when it comes to this type of job, it's hard, especially if your computer setups in your room, like my setups in my room, because obviously I don't have my own house. So yeah. I kinda find it difficult to break up time.
1: Yeah, well, basically in um in my, the fair well the first three or four houses I've lived in when I was moved out at nineteen, um, I always had like a separate office space. So when I had that it was it meant I had somewhere where I slept and then somewhere where I worked and it was that nice little different areas. That meant i wasn't stuck in one room which is a big difference to everything and then when i'm relocated to the midlands uh last november um i got like a little uh, one-bed cottage and it was basically the bedroom was joined onto the office so i was working where where i was sleeping which took a toll on me because it just i don't like the idea of waking up and literally i'm not even leaving the room i'm literally going six meters down the road like down the the room to get into the office and yeah i couldn't do that from like a bedroom perspective like point of view now where people are sleeping and then working in the same room it's just it's just numbing
0: yeah definitely like, i mean me personally i um i go out a decent amount obviously it's gone down because of covid but obviously i go to the gym five times a week i do stuff outside but like my bed's like a meter from my desk so like so, let jump out of there, jump on my desk, work. There's no real
1: separation, but I feel yeah, like... it feels awful, man.
0: Yeah, definitely, because, like, in your head, like, my, my parents say it to me all the time, and I know a lot of people listening to this can resonate with it. You come down to eat, and your parents are like, you only come down to eat. You only come down yeah. to do this.
1: But, I had the same when I was growing up, yeah.
0: Yeah, but in reality, like, I could wake up at 9 o'clock... And then I look down and it's four thirty. Like I would, I'd have no idea because that's I'm just.
1: That's actually how it is, yeah. Like time just flies when you're working. Like mm-hmm. and if you're in the same room, you don't really see like see the difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a topic that I think people have different opinions on. Some people are in favor of, of like trading off your health for for wealth. Really, that's where it is. Yeah, nah,
1: no chance, man. I just think it's a really shit mentality to have that because you can be successful and make a good living without sacrificing your mental health and your physical health yeah. i don't see why anyone would want to trade either like your mental or physical for the sake of a bit of spare change like what's the point on that
0: yeah it's definitely interesting i feel like the idea like i was thinking about it that day just reminiscing and like going over ideas like i feel like a cook group if they had a big enough team and the team was all over 18, let's presume there's no kids, for example, and yeah. they're all in their 20s, they could easily rent out like an office space.
1: One thing is that is Is you're to think an office, yeah, that means you need your staff to all be in one central location, which is a pain first of all. And then let's say your office space is going to be in London. You're looking at a few grand a month for a small office in central London, like in Soho or something. True it's probably not worth the hassle. And for these kind of companies who might have, what, 15, 20K a month income and maybe 10 grand of that expenses, you know, it's, they'll, you'll lose money fast.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, maybe not even an office, it could be just like a rent out of house or something, but yeah, I think having, a, but then again, like all these teams like Cyber for example, Lucas, yourself, Wolf, Neil, all these people aren't in the same house. It's all Virtue yeah Yeah, it leads exactly right. yeah, back to our idea of like technology just being the next big fit like the next big step
1: like oh well if it wasn't yeah. for like for technology i wouldn't have a job like i'd be working out of five you know so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna be grateful for that regardless
0: yeah and same with me if i didn't have access to the internet and i didn't have all these like insights i'd definitely be stuck in shows or doing something so yeah. it's it's definitely interesting to see what age and when you get exposure to the internet and what effect that does have in your teenage life leading into your adult life.
1: One of them really weird things that uh, no one really thinks about, do they? Yeah, because I, of people, technology being how it is and how it's advanced and uh, yeah everyone just thinks it's, it's normal when a lot of these things aren't normal to most people in their 20s who didn't have this luxury. <laughs>
0: definitely, I mean it's just normalized at this point and I think I th- it's more convenient. And obviously, humans these days they want convenience out of products, so I feel like that's the way they are kind of leaning towards. But one thing I did actually want to jump into the market for cook groups is arguably the most saturated market in this community.
1: There's like oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like, I work
0: I work pretty closely with Cop Supply, and essentially what Cop Supply is it's like a directory of services like groups, yeah. tools. So like I go through the process of taking in new groups. And, like, the list is huge. And, like, it's, and it's at the point where I'm looking through the list and, like, it, they're all variations of each other, like, the names.
1: That, yeah, like, they all use the same thing. It's like, it's, like, something notifies, something alerts, something pings. It's just, it's getting a bit, you know, I know I can't really say anything because I only made a PG a few years ago, but even in the past few years, all you've seen is a stupid amount of groups crop up and they all use the same monitors. Hell, they even outsource the same guides. So everything is the exact same. And yet, they're still making 15k month profit. Because people buy buy into the hype.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at groups, the split of members... Because if you went to a normal person today in the community, you said, which is the best group? They're only going to reflect on their personal experience. There's no exactly. standout groups that are like, this is the best group because like... All providers are basically accommodated for selling their information and services to as many groups as possible.
1: Well, I think the people who win the most are those who sell their services to all these groups. Like you gotta think some of them might sell their services for a hundred dollars a month but to five thousand groups. And that's not even like an exaggeration. There's probably about five thousand groups out there. And a lot of them obviously are based on Instagram, some of them Twitter, some Facebook. There's a lot more than just sneaker Twitter. And people don't really understand that. Like, there's a whole network of alternative markets out there We still use Discord groups and Slack that no one really knows about.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at Botmart, for example, they hit 100k members, like, this week at the time of recording this video. So, like, that oh, yeah. kinda, bro, like, 100,000 people in one server. That's insane. That kind of blows my mind. And it kind of challenges the idea of, like, how big this community really is
1: yeah i think everyone like uh, missing um underestimates how this full thing like you gotta think a lot of these bots have 100k followers 200k followers groups have got 60k followers five k followers Foxy companies again 50 60k but they're not small numbers you know like they add up quite fast and you gotta think this full little niche industry is multi-million pound but you can't really see where where it all is it's really strange
0: Definitely, I mean, I think the problem is a lot of these companies like to keep anonymous when it comes to their earnings, and you can't really calculate oh, yeah. it too much because, you know, you've got to factor in lifetimes, you've got to well, factor in... You've
1: it. got to think a lot of these so-called companies aren't even registered, you know, so they're all very, cards close to their chest because they know fine well. If they slip up and mention financials on Twitter or anything, they didn't get a phone call from HMRC or IRS, you know. A lot of them that's what annoys me is that a lot of these groups are run by kids who literally have no experience in anything legal and they're winging it and you know it's just all it takes is one phone call one slip up and they're done
0: <laughs> yeah i've seen like i think it was uh some of my friends uh, that i know online they run like minecraft servers back in the day and yeah those, for some of you guys that are interested in it, or don't even know about it, like, those bang money. Like, you can get some easy capital doing that. And essentially, obviously, once again, kids at the time, if you don't file your tax properly or you hide your income, it just comes back to bite you. Like, I think one of my friends had to pay, like, a 20K fine. Yeah,
1: it's not even unheard of, man. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: It's insane. But uh, going back to what I was saying, so obviously, new groups opening up every day. Essentially, what approach have you taken to keep... PT at the top despite the competition being very saturated and very big?
1: I think all I've tried to do is um, the usual um, keeping the focus on community values because a lot of these groups lose that aesthetic and they're just groups with thousands upon thousands of members and there's no sense of community or actual like friendly atmosphere. Um, in PT when you join everyone is Really friendly, really nice. um You know, it's, it's like under 700 users, so it's a stupidly small group compared to, uh, compared to competitors, and I think that does help a lot in terms of keeping it a bit different. And you know, because it's just a bit shit when you join a group and there's 4,000 kids in the, and you know, you, you can't talk because everyone's just typing over you and that.
0: Yeah, one thing I did notice about Peachy, and I know a lot of groups put uh, this as one of their features. The feature I'm speaking about is community. Peachy has a really, really good community, in my opinion, just for me comparing it to other groups working, other groups being involved in management. Its core community is very uh, tight. So, like when you're going in there, it's always active, people know each other, people make friends with each other just from joining the group. And there's a lot of like positive feedback around that community aspect. So, I feel like even if uh, there's cheaper groups out there, for example, people would move to PT or groups like PT that have that community aspect just because it feels, they feel more comfortable joining it compared to some random group.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there's nothing worse than joining a new Discord server. Like even, let's say you go and buy a bot and then you join the bot server and there's 3,000 users and everyone's really rude and arrogant. It just it takes it away. Like, I wouldn't want to renew. Because I think it's just, I'm not going to sit in somewhere where I'm being trapped like shit, you know? I, I want to be somewhere where I can talk and conversate, make friends.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's common in this community just because of the fact that uh, whether, obviously whether you want to agree with me or not, but my personal opinion is that the community in, t- in general is very egotistical. I know there's people that are like like well-grounded, but if you think about it, um, it's all focused around money, and now the reason, now the problem with that is that the positives is that obviously people are making money, people are becoming millionaires in some cases at very young age. Oh, yeah. But if it's all focused about money, that's what, what everyone cares about. And like, arguably, you could you can argue that success posts is a way of fueling your ego. You're flexing that you hit this many pairs, you spent this amount of money, and essentially, I th- I feel like the community in in some ways. Because it's focused around money, it does create toxicity very easily,
1: yeah, I think in general, it's quite a bitter and volatile industry where everyone is out to get each other like it's It's really venomous and like in the past few years, well, when I first joined this little thing, it was pushing five years ago now, um so back in the stormwater days, and um yeah, even then it it wasn't as bad as it is now, but I think that's because its became more and more accessible with more and more young people getting involved. And hey I grew back in the Lady Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 lobby days, so you know I'm fix I'm fixed gold and I'm not well fit thick skinned even. Yeah. I'm not even arse about you know the toxic um everyone being toxic and whatnot. But I just think people take it a bit too far now. Like it's always death threats and f- threatening to dox people and shit like, you know, like we we'll just fucking grew up man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that actually Obviously, it's a common excuse that people do use on Twitter, but it's the idea that there's a lot of kids in the community, and if you if you threw me into this community at, like, 13, 14, I, I'd personally say that I wouldn't handle myself properly because I'm a kid at the end of the day. like
1: Exactly, yeah. Like,
0: the way I carry myself now is through me making mistakes in previous communities and online and learning just the way to carry yourself as a man or a woman. Like, you just it's a learning experience and because yeah, exactly. it's, and it goes back to that idea that these kids uh, some of them don't, it's not even their money Some of, it's literally just their parents' cards
1: oh mate so many of these kids come from really well-off backgrounds and I mean hey fair enough you know you can't really piss on someone for that but when they come in and they act like they're self-made when yeah. they're not <laughs>
0: I, I, it annoys me as well because like uh my family are definitely well-off like I'm not gonna obviously my yeah. dad my dad came from the UK when he was in his 20s he worked and I'd never take that away from him he's one of the most hard working people i oh, ever yeah. had but he's never given me any handouts like everything I've built was from the money I earned originally and then it all grew from there because be, yeah. exactly because you could be from a well-off family there's nothing wrong with that it's actually you should be proud of that because your parents you know grafted well. yeah. yeah exactly but if you rely on them then you're not really self-made it's kind of just uh, extending from the tree branch that's already been built yeah so. exactly
1: but i think that's why when i see people like uh michael from notify uh jack you know from adept and um, ewan from splash force there are people who didn't come from money so it's cool seeing them do really really well because i um i've met michael a few times cause i'm from the same um same town originally and obviously yeah it just it's quite cool seeing people who aren't from the best of places do really, really well in this little community.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Some of the viewers may have read uh, Ewan's... Uh, was it... No, it wasn't Forbes. It was Business Insider. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his article on there. And, like, he expressed that he didn't come from a wealthy background. So, like, obviously, I know a lot of people in this community do. And, obviously, you know, everyone has their opinions on that. But it shows that if you invest in yourself and you call yourself in the correct way and you're smart about it, you can create a future for yourself and your family through this community.
1: Exactly. You got to think like these, these bots and stuff, they're literally making hundreds of thousands in the first year of business. And, you know, you got to think like people like Lucas, for example, I think he started coding at 15. You know, so been what's that, four years, CyberSold is what it is today. And that's, that's only four years, you know? Yeah, that's insane.
0: Because like, for obviously, I think in this community, because we're getting into it, in this community, there's a very, very demented way. Overall, I think the way people look at money is very different to the way people outside this community look at money. Like, for example, if uh, we take Cybershell, for example, a company that's generated millions of pounds, right? You said he start uh, started coding in 2015. So I was started in 2017, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Three years to make a multi. I don't know if it's multi-million.
1: No, I, no, I, I don't think it is multi-million. You don't think? Okay. No. Well, <laughs>
0: let's let's say let's say two years from now it might be,
1: maybe. Oh, in a few years' time, I reckon it will be. Uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Even to get the company to that point in under ten years is like really, really
1: impressive to say. Oh yeah, it's unheard of yeah. in most um, industries
0: exactly like he, there's, there was no investment there's no angel investors it's actually just him sat at, his, sat at his desk hiring people creating this company and then uh, appealing to a community all from his all it from the comfort the of his own yeah exactly so it's it's definitely interesting to see what the capabilities are of this community and what you can actually make of it and how it impacts your life
1: exactly yeah i just going to keep putting more, uh, more and more work in
0: definitely I mean uh, there's obviously dramatic examples of that and you are seeing new examples pop up every day. But uh, we spoke about PG quite a bit, and obviously I'm happy to see that Peachy is going in the direction it is. But aside from PG, has there has there been any other projects that you've been working on?
1: Um, currently working on two things. Uh, one involves Peachy, it's another project uh, alongside research, um, Cascoid and Khaled, which is Xtronic, um, on Twitter. Um, Both of them guys are the ones who helped create peachy mobile and peachy filler um yeah so the new project which i'm not going to go into because it's under wraps right now is releasing free of charge to all peachy users as always and this one might even see a public release which is interesting because it's going to be my first public uh, like actual product out there which is going to be available all the time um alongside that, obviously We've got Surface Tools, which is owned by myself and Rhys. That's currently on hold because we're just being busy with PG in the house. But yeah, we're not too sure on the direction that's going to be going in anymore because basically Scout, I'm sure you know who Scout is. Um, Our ideas for Surface Tools is basically everything Scout did. And we planned that in December last year. And we didn't tell anyone. And then suddenly Scout came out with everything we were going to do. And they fucking killed it, man. Like, they did such a good job of it that we decided that we couldn't compete with that. So we pulled the plug on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Scout definitely changed the game.
1: Like, uh, it's I, the most yeah. innovative feature, well, uh, most innovative tool that came out of this industry in years.
0: Definitely. You know, it yeah.
1: appeals to not only people here, but those who own consignment stores or I like, resell like actual events. It helps them keep their inventories tidy and organized, not just resellers.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I spoke about it a few episodes ago. The way Stray and them not just move the bar like that company truly is one of the highest quality products, as well as their production, like the keynote they did a few weeks back. That was oh, yeah,
1: they smashed it, man. Yeah, I mean, think right. everything they do from marketing mm. to actual interface design, UI, UX, they're blown out of the bag, man. Like, they've done such a solid job of that. It's really cool seeing something so refreshing come in this industry. That's not the usual, it's the bot, it's the group, you know. It's, it's cool seeing something so different and unique. Definitely.
0: I mean, they are very, very unique. Obviously, we've seen examples of it pop up here and there. But I feel like Scout is definitely just unmatched in terms of how it's been marketed, like you said, how it looks, the way it moves. And they're constantly adding features to it as well.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think any, any other competitors are going to come close. Like, they've got the market there completely. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, oh, and to be honest, it's fairly new. I don't think, what, it's like six months old? Not even that. Oh, like,
1: yeah, it's, they've been killing it, man. It's really cool seeing that. And yeah. they're all good, uh, good guys too who own it. mm
0: Definitely. Yeah, I've uh, I spoke to a few. Uh, I spoke to like one or two of the owners when we were saying partnerships and stuff. They're very nice people, and obviously the project does look to be something very very big. But I'm definitely interested to see where Surface Tools goes because I remember when you first dropped on the timeline, I was interested to see where you went with that. But yeah, obviously, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because. The problem is... Well, not the problem, but the idea with this community is is that ideas pop up all the time. So, like, if we went back two years ago to 2018, that's when I joined. If you said to me that yeah. there'd be uh, tools that monitor Discord channels that pick up links from your Twitter monitor and open, it, open your browser automatically, then on your browser... There's going to be <laughs> an extension that checks out the product volume, well, Bro, I'd just be like, what are you talking
1: about? Like, it was so... Like, a few years ago, it was so simple, man. Like, there were literally a few Discord groups which had monitors, and they were considered like, this is next-level stuff. Like, you could monitor a website in real-time on Discord. Like, what the fuck? And exactly. now it's stupidly common. Everyone's got them. And then, obviously, we had... Bear in mind, I joined this thing when... I so my scripts on Reddit and the that, that IDAS bot, basically, to get past the HMSC cookie. And that was next level at the time. And I remember thinking, like, imagine, like, someone making bots for everything. Because at the time, that there was only A and B and B and B. And B and both of them weren't exactly the best uh, five years ago. Because there was nothing to do, really. It was just, if it worked, it worked. And now you get, like, Capture Harvesters, you have bots which support pretty much every single type of store. It's it's next level how much the game's progressed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I joked around a few months back that it'll get to a point where multiple people can run multiple groups from an application. Like, imagine pushing out guides and announcements all from an application across multiple groups. Like,
1: Exactly, yeah. And
0: it, it sounds dumb, but that's not even far-fetched because just the way everything the community is moving like if you told me that uh there'd be a whole industry of bot investments and bot calls and bot flips i'd just be like what are you talking
1: about like oh can get we get into, into that yeah let's let's get into it i'm because curious to see what your opinion i is. have really strong opinions on that shade okay go on um okay so bot calls um when that first came into play it was a very legitimate and decent little money maker you know it was very it was grounded. So the idea was you'd, you'd find a bot that's doing really, really well, and then you'd obviously encourage your friends or whatever to buy that bot at a certain price. And then when that bot did really, really well again, on the next drop, the price would obviously go up in price and therefore you'd sell and you'd make a bit of profit. That's fine. But the issue is now you've got groups with 3000 members, 2000 members, whatever, and they're saying, okay, everyone, go and buy this bot. And then it's, it's basically pump and dumping, you know? It's it's very, very gray area. And I think it's, it's quite sinister people are doing it because you're actually putting everyone's money at risk, like, significantly. But, you know, if these kids happy doing that, they're happy doing that. But I just think it's really, really wrong. And you're also devaluing someone's hard work who's made a bot just to then decide that which, uh, what bot is worth money and what bot isn't worth money
0: yeah I mean we spoke about this before on the higher episode and essentially here's my problem with this bot well, flipping itself is fine I've been doing it since literally the first day I got here I've been doing it it's completely fine yeah but the problem is firstly this market isn't regulated and I don't ever see it becoming regulated impossible yeah no like, chance if you <laughs> like, look at Tidal for example Um, Shaba he owns a marketplace he also owns a bot I'm not, I'm not accusing him of anything but the problem is if the, you're going to have regulators, they have to be completely disassociated from any bot, anything.
1: Yeah, biased, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. They have to act as a separate entity. And the second thing is that, um, let's say, for example, to uh, reduce the resale market of XBOT, they raise their retail price to a certain level. So the resale market isn't as big. But, bro, that doesn't even work. Like, Dragon, yeah, for yeah, example, no, is 1K retail and it's, what, well, it resales for 15K?
1: Yeah yeah it just it just fucked up man you know like i just don't understand i get the the appeal but surely like it's morally wrong <laughs>
0: yeah definitely it's morally wrong and like i don't know because the problem is with market manipulation as the prices pump up the people that invested obviously talk about it on twitter quite a bit as well so like it is benefiting the company slightly in some way because like people are talking about it people are seeing go. Yeah. like one recent one that was like big was prism so when prism dropped their new update um that everyone was talking about it because like a month ago it was selling for 1k then it shot to 4k and then that's kind of where i saw my copies are as well but it was interesting because uh everyone was kind of putting their own shots in everyone was trying to evaluate the bot before it updated and it's it's interesting and to be fair like like we spoke about regulation uh i don't think it'll ever happen but i feel like there could be steps towards making it less making the markets uh, less easy to manipulate i'd say
1: i think it's impossible because you're going to think it just takes let's say you have let's say tomorrow i make a group. And I make it so it's free, and if you get like four thousand people join, and then you and then you say to everyone in this group, right, we're all going to go and buy a sub tomorrow. Well, we're all going to pay four K, and because there's more like, more of us posting than want to buys, the price is going to drop down. And that's just slant, slant demand. So then the price will go down four grand, and then they'll all t- they'll own most copies on the selling market, and then they'll say, okay, now let's say six and a half thousand therefore that becomes a new benchmark price it, it, it just I think it just, it's so shit and wrong
0: I, I did think about an idea a while ago I'm not sure if it's going to work I haven't actually looked into it so if anyone roast me just hear me out alright just like <laughs> so what I thought about is like what if right similar to the stock market in some level what if the market opened at a certain time and closed so like let's say it opened at 10 o'clock for example 10 a.m it shuts at 2 p.m right and let's say each bot within each marketplace, each verified marketplace, by the way, each yeah. verified marketplace, let's say tied on Botmart, let's say only 20 transactions of cyber can take place that day, whether it's selling or buying, right? And like, it's probably, it sounds like a bulky idea, but what I'm trying to say is like, limiting it in some way where, like you said, 4,000 people can't just go and make the transactions and artificially raise the selling price.
1: Yeah, but then, with that idea, though, you've also got the fact that you've got actual markets like Bob Broker. So, what would happen to them kind of companies when you're basically operating a regulated market? Well, an official regulated market. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. very, there's no way around it, man. It's just one of them really weird things that I just think no matter what, as long as you've got bot reselling, you're going to have kids controlling the market and, you know, trying to profit off it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's contributed heavily towards the entry point. Because, like, back in the day, like 2018, I'm saying back in the day, like it's back in the day, but 2018, <laughs> bro, like, I started I started in this community with £300, and that was fine. I used to cop like two Adept copies, flip those for 500 each, grow it. Now you've got no chance, bro. You've oh, got yeah, to come some think,
1: heavy pocket. A few years ago, you could literally just go and buy a cheap, like, Chrome extension, and that was more than adequate for anything like that would work for shopify for you know supreme you were golden and then obviously our bots have got more and more advanced they take stock a lot faster nowadays and you've got to be let's say you want to get in a button today you'd have to have at least 5k spare and that's before any, any like shoe capital you know it's it's not yeah. it's not accessible is it like i think it's quite unfair because if you didn't get into it a few years well i said two years ago you're kind of out of luck aren't you
0: bro like if someone a lot of people come up to me now and say i want to start reselling i'm like bro there's no there's no point like i'm going to be completely yeah well stuff. i
1: i get friends ask me and i'm I'm just like well without being a prick you're too late like, there's no point
0: exactly this there's, there's so many people in this community that don't even flip shoes anymore it's
1: like yeah even i've stopped doing that
0: bro because like, I, okay we'll get into it like I personally don't do it too much because of the fact that there's just so many other ways to make money and
1: like oh yeah absolutely you,
0: you know what I mean and it just comes down to the point that like let's say if John wanted to get into the a sneaker reselling community John's gonna have to drop major money on a bot he's gonna have to yep. well revised with proxies servers GMOs everything invest money in that and then he's also going to I have to learn how these sites work, but one or one or two months into it, he's still not gonna have made his money
1: back. Oh no way in hell, yeah. So so what's the point? Like exactly. I think nowadays, obviously I'll run a boss for Supreme or I'll run for friends, and after I've got I've got embossed stuff. I'm in bed and something happens. I you know I start tossing that, but I don't got my way anymore to set up and invest. I will just if if I'm ready for it, I'm ready for it. If not, I'm not at that. But that bothered but saying yeah. that it's, it's still i still enjoy the satisfaction of seeing green text you definitely, know <laughs> definitely yeah. and then because it doesn't you get the uh like the amex notification and that doesn't feel real because it's the credit card it's not real money so <laughs> so all you see is like just the green text and the, the emails come through and it's like being fucking 18 again like cop and shoot for the first time
0: definitely i mean the dopamine hit when you get like when it's a box or release or some big release it's nice I mean I only run for pretty much major drops like, I, like like you said like if it's worth my time and I'm not even going to spend loads of time investing into yeah. the drop either like I'm just going to set up some tasks set up 10 or, 10 or 15 profiles get the proxies there let it run see what happens I'm not like you see some people like uh, let's say like Tiana Paul, like she's setting up the whole transformer race ready to like <laughs> destroy these releases no hit towards obviously she's making bugs but like it's interesting to see the difference, uh, like how interests have faded.
1: I think it was it was more exciting um, a few years ago when mm. I didn't have the kind of like financial like financials I have nowadays. So back then it was more of a case of I needed I really wanted to have the money. And yeah. now obviously I'm a bit older and I'm not that bothered anymore. I'm happy. I'm stable. I've I've got the house now. I'm not that bothered about making 20 grand on bloody Yeezys or something you know like I'm all for it and that dream of you know hitting a thousand pairs it's I'm not bothered anymore you know I'm too old for it (laughs) yeah
0: I mean it just becomes increasingly harder because more people join the market you know more people start breaking these shoes it kind of goes down that whole rabbit hole so like there is definitely other ways to make money and you see people doing it like I know plenty of people that just flip bots and make like huge amount of money per month
1: I've been up in the, uh, the uh, market now, if you want to make money in this industry, it's proxies, man. Like these proxy suppliers, they're making bank like five, six figures a month for like, piece of piss. Like, <laughs> I'm actually jealous, man. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, well, even with proxies, uh, they're like suppliers, from my understanding a lot of them are just resold from actual suppliers
1: as far as I'm aware I think the most of them are just resold but I think the hardest thing is is finding a subnet or a provider that is a bit more low key that no one uses
0: Mm. and then from that point it's just marketing Uh, obviously you see the biggest proxy companies doing well because this is not the market properly if you know how to market properly and and if you yeah exactly do some google search engine optimization. it does well and like it's hundreds of, even thousands of proxy companies out there. So again, it's, uh, it goes back to the argument of like a saturated market and seeing how people operate in there. But uh, I did also want to move on to, obviously you spoke about, I and mean, you spoke about at the beginning, that you purchased your first home. Now, obviously when you purchase your first home, if you work at, on a Corp, for example, right? Like purchasing your first home, if you have the capital and the money for it, it's pretty simple, but if you're an entrepreneur, uh, from my understanding, it is a bit more complicated. So that's one of the processes oh I want to speak about.
1: Yeah. Well, basically, yeah, I got a mortgage. Um, if not sure, I'm assuming everyone will know what a mortgage is. Um, it's basically a loan from the bank that you pay back over 30, 40 years, and that's how you get your house. Um, but basically, yeah, um, being self employed, the amount of paperwork you must submit and evidence to prove your income, it's a pay in the arse. Like my girlfriend had to give over. A few years of a normal salary like evidence and that went through fine no no problems and then it came to mind they needed five years and bear in my five years ago i was only making 12k a year or so so like i was barely over the tax bracket so so it doesn't look good are trying to get a house and yeah it took a lot of paperwork a, a lot of evidence a lot of phone calls just to get the approval which is you know it's it's bad enough get in a house when you're working an hour of five and you know you're constantly stable and never mind being an entrepreneur when you're trying to do it because they just l- looked on you
0: yeah i mean in the uk my general opinion is that they don't really like they don't really support entrepreneurs in my opinion
1: no right? no way yeah
0: and it's kind of like obviously i'm not some huge entrepreneur that owns this big business but like at the same time it's very annoying it's extremely annoying when it comes to it because honestly like They should be supporting entrepreneurs. Like, they're creating jobs. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if, for example, imagine if Peachy didn't exist. There's tons of people in there. Like, let's say Reese, for example. The opportunities he's been given from Peachy will not be there. And that's creating income in the economy. He's supporting himself. Obviously, he can support whoever. It's creating jobs. Entrepreneurs create jobs. So I don't really see why they're not being supported.
1: And even like the um, tax brackets, so let's obviously, PG is like an LTD, so that doesn't really take into consideration. This is something else. But uh, let's say you're self-employed in the UK, and you make, after, uh, the bracket is, what, I think it's 50,000? 50, yeah, 50,000. After, after you make 50 grand, your bracket's doubled to 40%. Yeah, I so I'm every, sure, the is the it? penny you make after 50 grand is taxed to 40%. So where's the incentive to make more than 50k a year? Yeah, if exactly. No, so let's say you make hundred K. You're they let's do the maths. Um This doesn't even include Oh yeah, so let's say you make hundred K, take away your normal twenty per cent on the fair fifty mm-hmm. and then plus the forty percent on the rest, so the sixty thousand, you're paying like over thirty thousand in tax. Yeah. <laughs> like like that's what crazy. and that's just income tax. Like what's the point?
0: Yeah, see, that's like that's one of the main reasons why uh, I kind of want to move out of the UK, like in the ne- next uh, two to three years. But well, at the given, same,
1: yeah, I was going to say, I'm given the current EU status, you're yeah. probably best moving soon. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's all about it's all up in there because like, if you were to get into it, like in the UK, we get free healthcare, for example. But, precisely yeah and then if you go to the US okay lower tax brackets obviously we pay a bit of state tax as well but I mean you have to pay for healthcare like if I break my leg bro I ain't trying to pay 10 rocks to yeah. fix it
1: exactly yeah you no chance I mean?
0: so you know I think every place has its ups and downs but I feel like the entrepreneur scene in the UK is definitely something that should be looked at
1: yeah but I think you gotta think about it. it's not even that it's also the art and entertainment like, so the full sector that surround us even that's like looked down upon nowadays and it's a bit weird how you know they're just pissing on those who are trying to do better for themselves
0: yeah i mean at the end of the day like this is getting like really deep but like in my opinion anyway uh they just try to fit you into that system that system of having like a nine to 5 job and you know uh just exactly, doing all this yeah. normal sh- shit and it just pisses me off because it's like i don't want to do that you know what i mean and then i don't do that and then you know, tax comes in, all this comes in, they don't even trust you, liability, like, oh, it, it just annoys me, but like...
1: There's, there's no point, yeah. Exactly,
0: it's just stupid, but oh, let's let's shift back to these questions. So, talking about entrepreneurship and stuff like that, also your personal life, if someone were to come to you today and they wanted to be mentored by you of how to create their business, whether it's in this community, outside this community, as well as trying to balance their personal life and their hobbies and all that, what would you advise them to do?
1: Now, I say, first things first, is to just learn the basics before you do anything. Just learn some basic law, learn some basic marketing, you know, learn some strategy, because that kind of thing pays off big time, and it's worthwhile sitting down for a few weeks and just learn about you know like intellectual property. So like, even just learn to draft how to draft a basic C and Ds, and you know like terms, terms and conditions, privacy policy, that kind of thing because you can pay good money for that kind of thing, but you can also do it yourself. And I think, yeah, I think that's one thing is actually learning how to market and control a business. And then the other side of it would be to just balance, you know, try and find a good shift between working your ass off and having a personal and a social life, because, you know, the two can intertwine if you try.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you have plenty of kids. Like, for example, myself, I go to college, I go to the gym, I maintain a social life, and I also work as well. But, you know, uh, I think a lot of people just need to not slip into the mindset of toxic hustle. So, like, yeah, the money's coming in, but you need to look at the effects it has
1: on your mental health. Exactly, and yeah. why make money if you're going to sit and let it build up? You know, just enjoy it. You know, do something. Have fun with it.
0: Exactly. Like... Uh, I'm probably uh, a victim of this. Well, not a victim, sorry, but a culprit <laughs> of this. Like, I for a good amount of time, I was just stacking money. And I just, after a while, I was like, what am I going to do with it realistically? Like, I need to you know, invest. I need to do something with it. So, obviously, uh, I think your mindset is just going to change as, you're, as you do it more, as you get more experience and, you know, as you tackle uh, new hurdles every single day. As being an entrepreneur, everything comes up. There's problems every single day. You wake up to certain things. So it's it's definitely interesting to see how different people live their lives. Like one thing I noticed about you as well, and um, it, it kind of interested me at first. because I don't see any other owners doing this that I know of. You on Friday evenings you say like an announcement, okay, I'm signing off for the weekend, and you take the weekend off basically. Like
1: oh yeah, I think because a few years ago I used to literally I'd work seven days a week, sixteen hour days, and it it took a toll on me. So I think now I try and. Every Friday afternoon, I sign off. You know, I said everyone have a good weekend. You know, if you need any assistance, you can open tickets or you can email, and I'll get back to you still. But I'm not going to be active in the chat. And I think it's good to just, you know, have that boundary where you can step away for a few days. Yeah, and because in the day, everyone needs some time off. You can't just work seven days a week and, you know, allow it One. you need to just relax, have some you time
0: definitely i mean and then you don't want to burn out as well because once you burn out it becomes like this five day fog of like i don't want to work and then that affects the business so maybe taking one or two days off a week just to like relax and like calm the mind
1: it's just a way to just do you know just, just do anything you want to do just you can take two days off the is not going to burn down you know <laughs>
0: yeah exactly i feel like a lot of people feel like that though they, like they don't understand the fact that yo know, you can delegate work you can just like let go just for a little bit,
1: uh yeah. Even for like an hour, like you know, just yeah. just take some time off, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's in it's interesting to see the different approaches people take, and uh, obviously you see effects of that all the time. Obviously, you see people that, uh, like, you see entrepreneurs outside this community that have talked about in their earlier years where their mental health was suffered and that affects them later in life. Obviously, there's a lot of young people in the scene right now, so. They don't they won't really see the effects but they could be potentially building up habits that are going to be really detrimental oh, in yeah, the future. Sure.
1: Like um sleeping habits, obviously I used to to um I'd wake up at three, four PM in the afternoon and I'd work until seven, eight in the morning. And that that's no way to live, you know, you're literally waking up at the end of the day and then working through the night. And I think there's a lot quite a lot of people out there now who do the same thing in this community. Yeah, and I just I'm glad I changed mine because now I wake up before 10 a.m. and I'm in bed by 12, you know, it's it's much better, much healthier.
0: Definitely. I feel like, uh, obviously it sounds stupid, but setting a bedtime, like, honestly, if you say to yourself in your head, like, yo, I need to clock off by this time, it works really well. And you can just get your sleep in, you can wake up, get a nice breakfast and then hit the day instead
1: of wake, back, you know.
0: Yeah, instead of waking up at like, you don't even know what time it is. You look at your phone, it's 2.32 p.m.,
1: Exactly, you sleep in and you just feel drained. Exactly. And then I know if I sleep in, I feel as if I've pissed the day away, and then I just feel like a bit miserable for wasting the day.
0: Exactly. I just wake, going to bed at a decent time, you know, waking up early, attacking the day is definitely the best way to go
1: about it. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, to go ahead and wrap off the episode, one last thing that I do want to touch on is some ad- some more advice for the viewers so if there's someone in the community right now that is going to bring out a new product regardless of the group bot to a proxy company whatever it is what is your advice to them in this current climate
1: Ooh, um i'd say try and find a really original idea something unique and innovative something that's not being done currently you gotta think a lot of these groups just have the same things or these toolkits have the same tools Or you know, it's just it's becoming a very competitive market. You need something a bit different, something that makes you stand out. Unfortunately, branding alone isn't good enough. You know, you need a bit more than a a good-looking brand. You need, you need all sorts, man. I just think a lot of people just misunderstand, underestimate the idea that yes, it might sell and it might make you some money, but it's not long-term. Definitely. So yeah, I think just to create something new, something different, just take a chance, you know, if you have a feature, an idea, just do it, you know, just try it out. If it works, it works. If not, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of the ideas that are pretty common in this community uh, were very far-fetched like a year ago. And obviously, you've seen tons of these tools and ideas become the regular norm now. So it's definitely worth uh, taking that shot in the dark and seeing where it leads.
1: Well, you've got to think nowadays, like they like said, um, with um, Cop Supply, you can go on there and you can get like a toolkit for your group, you can get a Chrome extension for your group, and you just rent it. So it's, everyone can have every feature everyone else has got, but the best thing is to have it in-house, maintained in-house by your own developers. You can add features faster, it's going to cost you a bit more, but you're, you've got like a work relationship with one developer or a small dev team you know I said before it just builds up the environment it gives a bit of aesthetic everything's done it's maintained where you want it to be maintained it's not you're not waiting for updates
0: yeah definitely a lot of groups go down the way of just renting out stuff which is fine but obviously doing that in-house stuff like you said is uh, more of a beneficial option because you have that, obviously, the relationship with the developer, you can implement your own ideas, and overall, like, users do pick up on it. Like, if you if a user's in three groups and they're using the same tools from the same company, they will pick up on it. If you have your own stuff, obviously, is unique and then they'll spot out. So, guys, that goes ahead and wraps up today's Bot Talk episode. Quickly, before we go ahead and end it off, I want you guys to go down below into the description and check out Curties to and P.T. Spade. Go ahead and check them out. I highly recommend it. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, please drop a like, subscribe if you guys are new. I'm going to catch you guys next time. Peace out.